Morning, Buzz. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. How are you guys? Did you have a good break? Had a good break, mate. Yeah, we. Um, I didn't do much, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. I spent a bit of time uh, with the family. I actually went down to Juni for my mother's 80th birthday. Whoa. Oh, yeah, good that, Bob. Yeah, it, it was Throw fantastic to see all of the family. Uh, we did have a party, um, but the family were there. We had a good couple of days. Um, I love when my wife travels with me down to Juni because I get an opportunity to, to show her around town and introduce, it, introduce her to a few of my mates who I grew up with. And she's very happy to leave, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> she drives home. <laughs> You're hung over in the passenger seat. <laughs> I've been working, Buzz, while you guys have been out playing. Oh, jeez. You never stop, Buzz. You Buzz, how are the Tigers stop. looking? How are the Tigers looking? Oh, Clarky, I've got a lot of questions to ask you. <laughs> I'll probably have no answers for you, but go for your life. <laughs> oh, well, uh, how was Noosa? <laughs> no, I better not. I was going to put my journo's cap on and um, make a few inquiries, but uh, yeah, are you okay? I'm good. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, I've been back a couple of weeks. Lukey Marlow, Ryan Phelan, Phil Moss, Matty Burke. Geez, they're good operators. If I was you guys, I wouldn't be taking holidays too often. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to get their ratings. <laughs> I thought a non-rating sure period, will, Buzz. I'm sure you will get them. <laughs> oh, Clarky, I'd love to hear that Phil Moss and Matty Burke outrated you. I oh, really man. would. Would not surprise <laughs> me one bit, buddy. Yeah, no. Back uh, to the Tigers, mate. Any joy, any news? How's Tim Sheen's going? Oh, I think they're going okay. Look, it's a bit of a problem that uh, Bateman's been held up in England with a visa problem. Mm. And look, look, I, I find that, you know, he signed some time ago and it's quite surprising that he's not out here yet. Um, I would have thought they would be able to get some sort of temporary visa because, you know, look, look he's got an NRL contract that's obviously going to be working here for quite some time. Look, the, the Tigers have built up well, particularly in the forwards, but I still worry about their back line. I really do. And mm. um, But look, there's enormous fascination around that football side, and that's what I'm really looking forward to in the NRL. Teams like the West Tigers this year, can Timmy Sheens, can Benji Marshall, can Robbie Farrad take them places? They haven't been for so long. There's the fascination around the Canterbury Bulldogs and the great rebuild they've had and the signing of Stephen Crichton to go along with Reed Barney and Billy Kickow and um, Matt Burton re-signed while you guys were away, extended for another three years. And then you've got teams like Manly and St George, these great Sydney clubs who have struggled in recent years. And you know what? The NRL kickoff first weekend of March, I'm really, really hanging out for because, as I said, these four clubs I just mentioned have been really, really disappointing. But they've all got, you know, on their day, and if, if they can get a bounce of the ball and if they can stay injury-free, they're all very, very capable of being up there around finals contention. So it's going to be a great comp. What about the Dolphins, buddy? How are they going recruitment-wise? Clarky, the, the Dolphins are an extraordinary story that I wanted to talk about. Is the, the, the 17th team, they're six weeks off their first game, but they still have a $2 million checkbook. So they've only spent, they, 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 they've only signed 27 players at this stage. 
So everyone else is right on their cap and have just about decided their 30-man squads. But, look, Wayne Bennett, for his, all his seven premierships, I think has lost a little bit of his attraction as a head coach and a magnet for new players. You look, Cameron Munster knocked him back, Callan Ponga, Brandon Smith, keep going, Dylan Brown, Harry Grant, Reid Marnie. So they weren't able to sign a marquee player. The problem they've got is every NRL club has to spend 95% of their cap. So at this stage, they've only spent, what, about 75% of it? And there are really no superstar players that are prepared to go there this year unless someone in the next five weeks has a major falling out of the club and, you know, wants to go and join Wayne or is prepared to talk to their recruitment guru, uh, Peter O'Sullivan. So it's a really interesting story. Now, what happens with this $2 million, if they can't sign any big names before the start of the season, what they will do to get to 95% of the cap, as they have to, they will start prepaying current players for next year. So they'll go to the Bromwich Brothers or Felice Kafusi and they'll say, look, we'll pay you all an extra 400k this year, which will come off their contracts next year. So that will put them in a really good position where for 2024, they're going to be, what, 1.5 million more than the cap to spend to try to find these superstar players. So it's a real to be this close to the season with a two million dollar checkbook is basically unheard of. Well, if we if we look forward then, Buzz, I mean, you look at a guy like Mitch Moses, you look at a guy like Joseph Sawali. I mean, these guys, I'm led to believe, haven't re-signed with their clubs, uh, yeah. Parramatta and and obviously uh, the Roosters respectively. Could you see that Dolphins possibly landing one or two of them? No, well, look, I've already ruled out the list uh, lives of players who have knocked them back. And, look, I think Suwalihi, for starters, will stay at the Roosters. Um, he, he has an option there he, he just needs to take up. And the reason being, you want to play for Wayne Bennett. He's He wants to play State of Origin this year. He wants to, you know, he wants to play at a powerful club and play finals football and win a premiership. The same with Mitch Moses. Mm. Now, the West Tigers even, despite all their struggles, and the Canterbury Bulldogs, who have built up so impressively, are far more attractive options for someone like Mitch Moses, 27-year-old gun playmaker at this stage of his career. Now, it's a little bit of a problem for the NRL that the Dolphins' recruitment hasn't been probably what they expected. And, look, I think they'll be a bottom four club year one. I think they'll start okay. They've got some... They've sort of got the tradesman players at the moment, uh, the tradesman-like, you know, the, the hard-nosed forwards. And, you know, they're going okay for a new club, but I, I think they're going to struggle. And I think, as Wayne Bennett said many times, it's going to be a two- or three-year uh, scenario before they, you know, become a club that's uh, really going to match up with the big guns. Do you think he stays at Parramatta, Mitch Moses, Buzz? Oh, Loz, it's, it's, it's a really... Look, I think he wants to stay at Parramatta. He is, look, people know he was at Parramatta Junior. He played um, Harold Matz and SG Ball there before he went to the West Tigers. Um, 
the, the West Tigers offer is ridiculous, up towards $1.3 million. I mentioned this while you guys were away. The Canterbury offers about $1,150,000. One um, the Parramatta offers about a million, which I think they might have to bump up slightly. Um, look, but it's not going anywhere at this stage. And if he did want to stay, I, I don't know why he hasn't stayed and why he's letting it drag on. Although he's the same as Joseph Sualihi. He's under contract for this year, but he has an option that he doesn't have to take up till about May. So, look, that one's still up in the air. Look, if you were framing a market, he'd be slight favourite to stay with the Eels and look look, I hope he does because look I think he's got unfinished business there he steered him into the grand final last year I think Brad Arthur is a terrific coach and I, I know they've lost a couple of handy players particularly um, the um, Papalihi to um, to the West Tigers um, yeah I, I'd like to see him stay there and try and win a comp and um, a lot of players like him um, don't necessarily you know, t- always take the money and, and are prepared to stay at the club they love. And, you know, uh, it's like you, Loz. You know, you're a one-club player and there are plenty of them and um, I hope he's one of them. Now, the CBA and the, the dispute between the NRL and the Rugby League Players Association drags on. Can't believe it's still dragging on, Buzz, but uh, yeah, yeah. are we getting closer to an agreement here? Yeah, Dog wrote, Paul Dog wrote that good story this morning about the offer from the US players to come out here, 160 players. Look, for starters, I don't think there's going to be a strike. I don't think the players would be prepared to, you know, forgo so much money. The thing I want to make clear is this RLPA dispute with the NRL, as far as I'm concerned, has got nothing to do with their wages. It's got nothing to do with money. The salary cap two days before Christmas was done. There was nice increases for the players, men and women. So it's not really about money at all. But it is, it's dragged on for 12 months. And you guys might believe, what do you reckon the average career span is for an NRL player, Loz? Oh, I'm guessing here, what, 30, 40 games? 40, 40, or 40 years, sorry. So what's that, two years? No, well, the average career span for an NRL player is four years, okay? Four years, is it? Right. There you go. Now, 50% of those four-year players earn between $85,000 and $130,000. They're bottom-rung players. So what the RLPA are fighting for now is trying to um, get better conditions for those players who have spent times in academies doing apprenticeships and... Um, and being full-time professionals now, they probably don't have that opportunity to do trades while they're while they're trying to become NRL players. They want better post-career medical opportunities and hardship funding for these sort of players I'm talking about. The, the great Dean Bulldog Ritchie wrote a couple of incredibly emotional stories towards the end of last year, one on Sandy Campbell, the who was homeless, the former Canterbury Bulldogs player on the Gold Coast. Paul Taylor, remember a story he did on Paul Taylor, yep. Parramatta Eels fullback, basically living on the streets on the Gold Coast. And the game, you know, we can't have any more of these stories. And these are the sort of conditions the players are trying to fix. And the thing is, Loz, not everyone's Laurie Daly and gets a job at uh, on the big sports breakfast or Cooper Cronk on Fox Sports or Michael Ennis on Fox Sports or Freddie on Channel 9, First and 9, Billy Slater 9. 
it's only those top rung people. Not everyone like Ben Hornby and Dean Young get jobs in coaching when they finish rugby league. So there's these huge amount of players who only get those four-year windows to do something in rugby league, and that's what they're fighting for. Mm. Now, there won't be a strike, but I can tell you, it. I don't think there'll be a women's all-stars game. I think that's going to be abandoned. I'll tell you why. The female players in the NRL, none of them, because of the delays in the CBA, and we've got this new 10-team competition starting, not one female player has an NRLW contract yet. So if they go and start training this game, and if they suffer a serious injury, eight, ten weeks, maybe do a knee in the season, they don't get paid this year. So Tamika Upton, for example, the Queensland superstar, played for the Knights, champion fullback. She's the first of many girls who have announced they won't play in this all-star game. Yeah, that'll be disappointing if they don't put that on. It's really disappointing, but yeah. it's not because of the pay guys. Yeah. It's because they can't risk yeah. their 100 k they're going to earn this year in the NRLW once they get their CBA done. I actually understand. Mm-hmm. Well, I think most people understand when you put it like that because they, why would you put a, that at risk? A, yeah, and look, I I don't think there's any greed here whatsoever. The players are happy with the salary cap. But a lot of the male players are up in arms about the female conditions at the moment and the fact they can't sign with the new clubs yet. Look, the salary cap for the women's gone up from about 400k to 800 They've had a 50% more pay rise. That's fine, but there's going to be 30, because the competition's so much bigger, it's going to be 30-player squads. So, look, it's not as... The, the pool, while it's increased, the girls aren't going to individually get a lot more money. But there's a lot more to it than greed, I can assure you. Now, the season opener, what, five and a half weeks away between Melbourne and Parramatta there at Parramatta. And uh, as far as the Storm's concerned, well, Ryan Pappenhausen, so he's back but unex- not expected to play potentially the early rounds of the season, uh, no. Buzz. And Nelson Asofa Solomona, what's uh, happening with him and his future there at the club in Melbourne? Yeah, again, while you guys are away, and I'm, I'm sure you would have read the stories that Nelson Asofa Solomona was on a hit list that Eddie Jones, the new Wallaby coach, was drawing up, wanting to play for the Wallabies. And look, he's a really, really important signing for the Melbourne Storm because they've lost the Bromwich brothers and Felice Cafusi to the Redcliffe Dolphins. I know Storm are very, very confident that he will sign a new deal to stay in Melbourne long-term before the start of the season. And um, I think, as I mentioned, the players they've lost, it's a really important one. If I don't think he'd play for another NRL club. So if he was to jump ship and go and play rugby union, the people I was speaking to last night are suggesting he would not play for the Wallabies. Not a chance and that he is a very, very proud Kiwi. He played for New Zealand in the World Cup, and if he was to have a crack at rugby union, it would be with the All Blacks, um, which would be something really interesting. The All Blacks have got a lot of money, just like the Wallabies have, you know, for elite NRL players. Um, but as I said, look, I, I think he'll stay at Melbourne Storm. They're very, very hopeful. Talks are going well, and it'd be a really important signing for them. They've also got Christian Welsh back to play in the middles this year, which should, which is going to be a, a major boost for them. 
Now, Ryan Pappenhausen arrived home from Melbourne. It's interesting he's seeing Bill Knowles in um, in the US. And he bumped into Tom Tommy Turbo on the way out and um, arrived home in Melbourne on Friday. He's rejoining his Storm teammates in their pre-season camp in Geelong this morning. I've been told there's no hope whatsoever that he'll play that round one blockbuster against the Parramatta Reels. He's probably eight weeks away still. He had that really bad smash kneecap and they're hoping about round three a more realistic goal and we all want to see the great Ryan Pappenhausen back on the footy part we all want to see Tommy Turbo back they are electrifying look they're both champion fullbacks and um uh, I, I I really hope that uh, they're both back about the same time because the NRL comp needs superstars like those two out the back at fullback with Tommy Turbo, Joey Manu, Joseph Suwalihi and all the other great players in the NRL. Big years, Buzz. Strap in. Going to be, bl- going to be did, large. You did well, Clarkie, to dodge me. <laughs> he did. He did. He, now he's gone. All right. <laughs> well, listen, boys, we'll talk soon, eh?